Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. And welcome to episode 60. The big six over. Yeah, not a milestone. <laughs> indeed, indeed. How are you, Another Dad? Skype as well, Steve, isn't it? Another Skype this week. Yes, it is another Skype, and uh, as it's, things are crazy up here and it's hectic, I can't come down. But I'll be down next week because I'll be touring uh, the play. Good. So we'll, we'll we'll have a live one next week, won't we? We will. <laughs> we, we'll just get one in, I think, and uh, yeah, that'll be nice. So we're we're talking over the internet airways today again. Yes, wonderful, wonderful uh, technology, isn't it? Indeed. And we're, and we're looking at each other as well, which is lovely, isn't it? We are, we are. It's not, it's all, it's not quite as good as being face-to-face. I mean, we are face-to-face, but you know what I mean, in the flesh. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good compromise. It's better than over a phone where you, you, you wouldn't see anybody. That's true. In the old days, that's what you'd have to do. It was on the telephone, wasn't it? Exactly. This is like Jetson's futuristic mm. technology that we never thought we'd have. No, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Must be a part of it all. Mm. Anyway, how are you, Dad? Yes, not so bad, not so bad. We've well, had a a very busy time. Well, I'm sure everybody out there who's following us would know that already. We're um, we're doing a lot at the moment. You're doing a great deal of work on the um, the, the new site and building uh, the business for us and giving lots and lots of lovely things. And um, I'm very grateful to it. I'm, on the other hand, um, working like stink on new projects. We've got another new project I've done this week, which I won't reveal at the moment, but it's a... And then I'm starting another one tomorrow. So it's all go, Steve. Yeah, But loving it. Absolutely, yeah, both loving it because, I mean, we both love each individual parts of our job here and it's... uh, Mm -hmm. It's so great because I don't think we've ever been so busy, as in you've been like shipping out pictures left and right and uh, and supplying me with content which is going out every day. And it's I don't think it's ever been so intense here. I don't think we've ever put this much information out. No. And the, the blog that you're doing is fantastic. I'm sure people now have already started looking at that. But the information on that... And it's pouring in, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's nice for people to... I mean, people may have read or, or not have read, people may have listened to things that we've discussed in podcasts or hear you talk over videos. But it's nice, I think, for people to digest that information in a written form that they can read mm. online and perhaps things that they may have forgotten about or, you know, that might have they might have thought, oh, that's a good tip, and then it's gone to the back of their mind. It's just... It's just bringing it to the surface, I think, and, uh, yeah, like I say, enabling another way of people to, to digest the information that you give because you give so much away and there's so much knowledge. Mm. It's just, an, you know, a nice thing for people to, to go through. Absolutely. A long way it continue. Well, I know it's going to continue because uh, you've got a whole load more. Uh, <laughs> I, my wife, Eileen, your mum is transcribing like mad at the moment, trying to go through it. She has to listen to all those podcasts, those back podcasts, and uh, extract and transcribe all the little tips. She went through one the other day. I don't know if she mentioned it to you. The whole podcast she went through, 
And she said, you know, there was nothing there I could, <laughs> I, I could do. I listened to the whole podcast and there was nothing really meaty that I could do anything about. So, that was not a particularly yeah, good episode no, then. No, I mean, it was probably <laughs> one we were, we were gabbling on about things, but wasn't really meaty things, you know, which we need for the transcribing. And other times when she, she does, she gets a lot out of one of them. Yeah. But uh, it's necessary because you don't want to miss, we don't want to miss those little golden tips. Oh, definitely. Which is so useful to people. Yeah, definitely. Yes, it's, yes, there's a lot, there's a lot. My email inbox is full of flagged items to be putting on the site. So it's not going to stop. It's going to be continuous. It's every single day, basically. Mm. So if, uh, if anyone wants to check back daily to the blog, then there'll be something new there, guaranteed. So uh, Absolutely. Okay, let's move on to some questions. Uh, okay. You've got three, and I've got three this week. So, right. you want to start, or I start? Uh, I'll start with these three, and then we'll move on to your three. Okay. Uh, we've got the first one here from Ray, who left us a nice voice message last week. And just a note to anyone else that wants to leave us a voice message on our website, you can use the send voice message button, which appears on the right hand side. So, if you're on the website, you should see that little button. On there and you can send us voice message anyway so ray sent us a message last week and he's written in a uh, a tip for people this week and he says hello colin i have been looking through the podcasts uh, going through the podcast you have been doing with your son steve and have found them full of wonderful tips and experiences on one of them i think it was episode 41 where you were talking about masking tape and how to remove it without tearing the picture I have found, and it may be of help to to those that are having problems, uh, to use a hairdryer on the tape. It allows the glue to soften and it comes away without tearing and leaving any glue behind. I hope this is of help. Mm. I think this is this is for the masking tape question, um, which um, I've never used it myself. I've never had to because my masking tape doesn't stay on that long. Uh, but uh, but I, I can see the, the point of it. But I will um, mention the other tape that I use. When I'm doing watercolour, I, I stick it down with brown tape. I don't think it's going to work with that. You know, the brown sticky tape yeah. that uh, you have to wet um, with either you lick it or you can use uh, a, a sponge. Um, I don't think that would work on that. But the masking tape, which Ray's talking about, yes, I can see that. Well, I think that could, that could work because the the masking tape is sort of paperish, but I think the mm. other tape is a bit more rubbery, isn't it? It would kind of melt, wouldn't it? A bit gluey. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't like to try that. No, there's no really no need to take that off though, because it's so thin that it even though you just I use a razor blade around it. It's only watercolor I use it for so yeah. when I'm using watercolor. Um, I use a razor blade to go and cut cut it out, and it stays on the paper. Years and years ago, I used to do a lot of framing. Uh, in the gallery when I had the gallery and uh, I used to get these come in with the masking with not the masking tape sorry the uh, brown sticky tape already on there people never used to bother to take it off and I must admit I I wouldn't there's no point it it goes behind the mount anyway no one ever sees it it's so thin that it would never push the paper away from the the watercolor paper away from the mount so you might as well leave it on Mm. But the masking tape, that's thicker, and that really does have to come off. You can't leave that on. Mm. Oh, that's a good tip then, Ray. Thanks for that. We like mm. that. It's good. So the second one I've got is from Kenneth. Hello, Colin. You always seem to use ongre paper. Would you ever consider using other surfaces to uh, to paint on, such as velour? Is it velour? 
That's right, Bilua, yeah. Paper or pastel mat. There seems to be so many different surfaces to choose from. It can be very confusing to opt for the right one. And also, uh, there are so many shades of paper. Would you say that the sand-coloured shade you use is the best colour to use? All right, that's a good question, Matt. Um, first of all, let me answer it by saying, uh, would I use it? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use any other paper than the sand on grey paper. I've been using it for nearly 30 years. I'm not going to change now. I know that I know the paper inside out. I know the um, I know the colour is absolutely perfect for every subject. Thousands of pictures have been done on that, not by necessarily by me, but by my class and uh, you know people that have, have shown me their work. So I wouldn't use it. But could you? Yes, of course you could. And I kind of encourage people to try different papers out. It's a good, it's a good thing to do. Mm. And the, the only thing is, go, don't go and buy loads of it and then find, because it's quite expensive to buy that kind of paper. But it's worth trying, you know, try pastel mat. I know a lot of our students are using it. Velour, I know students are using that. And they look great. Mm. So... Yes, I think it's a good idea. Now, as far as the colour is concerned, I think we've tackled this before, but I'll go over it again with you. The sand colour pa sand colour paper is a neutral colour. And very early on, I did also use a grey and a green right at the very beginning. I, I experimented with it. I found the green uh, was a little dark and that influenced the colour. The grey actually wasn't too bad, but it was a bit dull. Do you know what I mean? Mm. The sand was the only colour that really came through the pastel um, pencil application favourably, and it worked brilliantly for, for portrait. If you're putting that a portrait, well, people know that, they've seen my portrait work. If you see skin tones on the sandpaper, it's absolutely fantastic. Mm. Funny enough, um, I used to, when I used to do the shows and people used to mention paper to me, I used to demonstrate by putting my hand on the paper and how the warmth of the paper, you know, the actual colour, mm. uh, my hand looked um, compatible with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, that's what I used to do. And, and people used to say, oh, I see what you mean. Yes. How, how, how nice is it? So all you're having to do is use the colours, like the white and the ivory and, uh, you know, and the pink maybe, just to change the tone and you've got the perfect uh, skin colour. Mm -hmm. So that, that's really convinced me in the early days when I was doing pastel work that the sand colour was absolutely perfect. And I've not had any reason at all in all this time to ever want to change it. Mm. So I think, but everybody's got to try their own thing. And uh, I did when I first started it and look where I am. And I think people can do that. Mm. Yeah. And also, if anyone's got experiences with these other papers that you use, let us know so we can, you know, tell others. Because I think it's, we obviously have students out there using different makes and different colours. And I think it would be nice to hear from them mm what their experiences of it are. Absolutely. It's also styles as well. My style of, of painting is, you know, what you know uh, and see 
we do, but other people are some a little stronger, some use more vibrant colours. So all of this has to be taken into account as well. Mm. But all I can ever do is go by my own experience and give people the benefit of what I do and what I feel. But I've all, always open to other suggestions. Mm. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that question, Kenneth. The last one I've got here is, I think, a follow-up from Ray. Uh, do you have any empty pencil tins to store loose pencils? I'm willing to pay, but if you do not, can you suggest where I can? Um, I think you'll probably find that you can go to your local art store and buy boxes and um, to keep your pencils in. Um, can I do it? No, I can't. We've, we've tried in the past to get hold of boxes and tins, and I, get, I got a very sharp letter from uh, the distributor of Faber-Castell. No, we don't. No. You know, we can't. We don't have any tins, you know. It was like, <laughs> what do you want, you know? And But years ago, they did used to have a box that you could buy, but it was quite expensive. I think it was about £20. And we're looking at uh, 15, 20 years ago. Wow. When, they, when Faber first bought their pencils out, they had a, a box for... You know that they could house sixty pencils in, and they did sell it for a while. But even that went by the board. I think it was a bit pricey, to be honest, and people didn't buy it. Yeah. And you can go into your local art store and buy less cheap, cheaper boxes. Um, I personally, as you know, Steve, uh, don't use any kind of box at all. I used to when I was to demonstrate. When I used to go out and demonstrate, but that was to keep them safe but i don't use boxes i use jam jars you do yes you just put them in jam jars yeah, yeah empty jam jars. five jam jars with all my pencils um, in and i can see them and it's um, it's it works for me well that's better as well because you can go out and buy jam enjoy the jam and have a jar absolutely you know i would much cheapskate, prefer that cheapskate coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well i like jam so i'd much prefer that yeah. yeah um okay good well that's what i've got let's move on to yours Right. Well, I've got one from Wendy, and she says, Hi, Colin. I was just wondering whether an artist needs to turn professional before selling work at exhibitions, and does this mean that you need to be self-employed? Oh. Well, now, certainly you don't have to be professional to sell your work. Although, um, I was told many, many, many years ago that if you actually did sell one of your paintings, you are a professional. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I think the term professional artist means making a living at it, actually, in yeah. fairness. Uh, so I would say that you, you you, don't have to be professional, no. I mean, people sell exhibitions. I sold exhibitions before I was professional artist, and there's no reason why you can't do that. Um, money comes into it, of course, if you sold one of your pictures for a couple of thousand pounds. I think the tax man might have something <laughs> to say to you about that. Yes. But if you're talking about, you know, up to a hundred pounds, I don't think you even need to worry about anything like that. And and you certainly don't have to be self-employed. I mean, that you can be, you're a tax inspector and, you know, and uh, do your painting and sell your pictures it's a hobby, isn't it? It's a, ho Absolutely. a hobby that Absolutely. you, you know, someone might give you some money in exchange for, mm. for that, you know. Absolutely, no, no. I mean, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of people every year uh, who are uh, not professional, 
and they sell their work through exhibitions. Mm. And, uh, you know, it, it, no, there's absolutely no problem with that at all. And I think it would be nice again, I know I'm, I said it before, but uh, just a minute ago, but it would be nice if people could tell us what their success stories are. Mm. You know, if people mm. have had a particular picture that sold well, what picture was it? How much did you sell it for? You know, what was it like negotiating? Because all this kind of information is going to be new to people and uh, it may help others out there that are going to come across a similar scenario. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So get in touch. I agree with that. So there we are. That's your answer, Wendy. You can sell to your heart's content. (laughs) And what have we got here? We've got uh, a question. Now, I was just... This gentleman, I don't know who it is because it was on the... um, I think this was on YouTube. Anyway, you're just just wondering, how long does a set of pastel pencils last if you use them frequently? Um, And that's how long is a bit of string, really, because... One, one of the things, you do, if you had a 24 set of pencils, you're only going to use half a dozen of those pencils regularly. I mean, you use them all, but you'll only use one or two of them maybe here and there. But if you white and black are the most frequently used, this, we, we sell more of those than anything else. So if, if I was to take one white pencil, for instance, I used to say that one white pencil used to do about... Five or six pictures for me. Oh, right, yeah. Now that is me using white, very, very, you know, with skies and in say A4 size. So I would get about five, five pictures, maybe more, mm. out of it, uh, and that's white. Now, as far as a maybe a blue is concerned, or a light blue, that could last me for twenty pictures. If it was a red, it would last me for thirty pictures. Do you see what I mean? So it's it's how long's a bit of string. But one of the great things about the pastel pencils is there isn't really any waste. You know, I mean, with watercolour, oil, um, gouache, and uh, acrylic, you are wasting quite a lot of uh, paint in your palette. And, you know, that's, that's usually thrown away. I mean, I never, ever threw watercolour away because I used to just reconstitute it. But I don't know whether people actually do that. Or if you're using pans, then, again, you wouldn't, you, we wouldn't be any wastage there. But pastel pencils, really, there isn't any wastage. Mm. The only time it wastes if you've got Derwent and it breaks. Yes, we've said this And before. it breaks again, and it breaks again, and it breaks again. And then, because you don't use those little bits of lead, you chuck them away. Yeah. But Faber-Castell, you very, very rarely. I know someone's going to come up and say, oh, wait a minute, Cole, I saw your white break the other day, and you just flicked it off the plate. I did, yes, of course. Did that does, happen? <laughs> oh, yes, it does happen. Yes, it's happened, it happened um, in the last picture I was doing. Ah. And I saw it happen. It was bing, tiny, only a tiny tip, the tip of the white, because, you know, I sharpen the pencil to a really fine point. You do. That's not surprising. But, again, it was only the little tip and it was only a fine point, so I certainly couldn't have used that anymore. No. So, okay, yes, of course, it does happen occasionally, but there isn't, generally speaking, pastel pencils are very, very economical. So that's the, that's the answer to that question. Good. And I've got another one from Christine, and she said, can you mix Cretacolor with pit pastel pencils to increase the range of colours? Uh, the answer is yes, you can. Cretacolor 
is a pastel pencil, and it combines really well with um, the Pit Pastel and the Derwin, and really any other pastel pencil you've got. So really? I think it's quite a good idea to do this. I know I'm a great lover of Pit Pastels, and probably always will be, because they've done me proud. But I like Carbothello, I like Creticolor, not so keen on Derwin, but there's no reason why all of those pencils can't be put together. And uh, generally speaking, I use Pit on its own. All the pictures you see me do, because people have bought those pencils and that's what they're going to do. But if, if I was one of you, uh, dear students out there, I would have a whole load of different pencils. I would have Creticolor, I would have Carbothello uh, in my range, and I would use them for my own work. And I would add them to the work I do with the Pit Pastel pencils, if I was you. I can't do that because of this certain degree of honesty that I have to you know, produce a picture which is as pure as I can get it with the Pit Pastel, because most people have got them. If I start using foreign bodies, and they think, where do you get that colour from? Well, Everyone's going to go out and buy it. it, yeah. And then, of course, I'll be in trouble then. Yeah. So I think that uh, that answers all those questions. I think, Steve. Good. I think I've done quite well there. You've done it's very not well. By using my job, you're usually the question reader you know, outer. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, the answerer. that's good. I think there's lots of information there. So yeah, thank you. Well done. So if anyone out there wants to get in touch, the email address is either straight to Dad, and you can email Colin at BradleyGallery.co.uk, or you can send it to our team admin at ColinBradleyArt.co.uk, or you can also submit it through our website ColinBradleyArt.co.uk. If you go to the contact page, fill out the form with your question and send it through to us. And I also mentioned you can send us a voice message if you want, and we'll play it on the show. And. We don't necessarily need a question, do we, Steve? We could just say, hi, Steve, Colin, I'm wherever. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just wanted to say, love it. That oh. would be nice. Yeah, we wouldn't say no to that. Or something. It doesn't have to be a question. Greet us. Greet us. Let's have your greetings. Yeah. Just hi. a quick hello. That's right. It'd be lovely. It and was we'll lovely still... to hear those messages. And, uh, you know, long may they continue. Yes. Be brave. Be brave. We have to do it every week. Why should we? <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah, good. Okay, uh, well, there's a quick update that I... Well, it's quite a, a big announcement, and I didn't tell you about this before we went live, Dad, but we should really oh. say what we're going to be doing this year. Oh, yes, yes, oh, yes. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, tell them, Steve. I was going to wait for a time when we're both together, but I think it's best to tell people as soon as possible when this is hot yeah. off the press. Yeah, don't book your holidays, folks, until you listen to this. For the first time in eight years, am I right in saying eight, eight years? 2006, yeah, 2005, yeah, yeah. eight or nine years, you are appearing as a guest artist at the Patchings Festival this year. That's right. The Patchings um, Art Festival in the UK. Where is it? It's in Newark. In Newark, which is... It, just just outside Nottingham, really. If you're looking at Nottingham, it's that sort of area, which is a great area because anyone from um, Lincolnshire, um, Nottinghamshire, um, the West Midlands, even down as far as London, people come up as far to, to Patchings. It's a great show. I did it for... I did it for about seven or eight years. Every year I used to go there regularly. It's under canvas, 
and you have it's a magical experience for people and it's been really popular i think it's been going about 20 years as far as i know now and it's very very popular show absolutely packed out and we're going there uh on the friday june the 6th june the 6th yeah so if you'd like to come along and meet me because i'd love to meet you that's for sure and the idea we're going to do a podcast while we're there we are we're going to do a podcast live so we're going to do a podcast live. We've told Patchings, we've warned them we're coming. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, it will probably start appearing on their um, on their bump later on. It was only de- dealt with last week, wasn't it, Steve? Yes, it's brand so new. So we're going yeah. to base ourselves a Phantasm Easel stand because Phantasm Easel, as uh, some of you may know, some of you won't know, that he's been holding, flying the flag for me for the last uh, eight years since I gave up going to Patchings. He has been selling my products on his stand, which has been very good of him. And I've um, supplied him every year uh, with with different uh, packs and paper and so on. So I'm going to base ourselves on that stand and we'll be there doing a little bit of demonstration. You want me to do a little quick demonstration? Just say the word. I'm only too happy to get the pencils out and give them a little twiddle. And uh, but mostly, mostly it's a question of meet and greet, isn't it? Yeah, we'd love to meet you, and uh, I'll be there too. So I'll be uh, sitting there uh, with you, Dad, and uh, and uh, meeting people as well, and uh, answering questions that anyone anyone might have. And uh, we'd just be it'd be great presence, and we'd love to meet anyone out there that is in the UK or you know maybe travelling or something like that, traveling yeah, through. Yeah, that you would, know, what well, just not impossible, is it? I mean, people can come over. What? A lot of people do, as they do with a lot of these big art shows, is they have two or three days. You know, you can spend two or three days there. Mm. There's a lot to see, a lot of artists to see, a lot of workshops going on. Yeah. And um, we're going up on the Friday because that's when um, the, all the big coach, coach loads from the art societies go along. So, you know, it's the two busiest days, the Thursday and the Friday. Yeah, but we've chosen the Friday because the Thursday's sort of set up day, and all the uh, all the problems are ironed out by the time they get to Thursday night. <laughs> so on Friday, it's really um, it all kicks know, off on Friday. It, well, it well it kicks up on the Thursday. We used to be really really busy on the Thursday, but the um, it was always little wrinkles, you know. Oh, that tent flap's flapping, and it's really annoying me, and you know this sort of thing, <laughs> all little things like that. Good. Uh, but uh, the Friday, it all sort, sorts itself out, so we should have a good day. Excellent. All we hope is the weather's good. But if it isn't, we're under canvas, and that can be fun anyway. Yeah, definitely. So if you want to come along and meet uh, Dad and myself, and, uh, well, uh, your good lady, and my mother will be there too. Yes, Eileen's so, coming. So we'll be, we'll all be there. And, uh, yes, so if you can't make it, we'll be doing a podcast from there anyway, and we'll be taking some videos and uh, and all sorts of things. So there'll be lots going up on our various channels anyway. But that's June the 6th at Patchings Art Festival. And uh, their website, I think, is patchingsartcentre.co.uk. But if you Google Patchings Art Festival, you'll get all the information, all the dates. Ticket prices are... Oh, not much, are they? Seven no, or eight pounds? No, they're very reasonable. Very reasonable. Very reasonable. So uh, come along. Well, we'll be talking a lot more about this anyway as time goes on. Yes, you're, you're here. reminding people. Yes, the latest developments will be coming at you from this podcast. So just stay tuned. Good. Great stuff. Okay, well, I think that calls it a day then for episode 60. 
Yes. Looking forward to episode 61 now. Episode 61 next week. <laughs> Where we'll be sitting next to each other. Yeah, that would be nice. No, we can have a have a few more laughs, can't we? It's yes. not quite the same. I think we do quite well, Steve. Yeah, uh, we do. Um, we try to make it uh, as personal as we can, but uh, it's nothing like you know having uh, having you alongside me, so we can have a good old dig at each other. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. Well, that calls it a day. That's it for this week. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. I wonder how many people are going to turn up, Steve. Oh, uh, a couple of thousand? That would be lovely, wouldn't it? I think yeah, all of your students all around the world, I think they should all come. Great. 